What did Moses do that you and I can learn from today? Stop and consider. Look at to hear if God is speaking, we must learn to stop and listen. Consider what you just heard, felt, sensed, perceived by God. Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with pastor and teacher Tim Masters. Pastor Tim is the senior pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm Joe Harding, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Centers or to make a donation, visit us online at vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Now with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters. If you have your Bibles, open them to Job 33. Job 33. If you happen to be one of those folks that have what's called a chronological Bible, it will be the first book of your Bible because it is understood that Job is the oldest book of the Bible. If you happen to have uh, the Bible most everybody has, it's the book right before Psalms. So if you find Psalms, just go right to the book before, and you'll find the book of Job. Job is an interesting book. It's an interesting picture. Job talks about dinosaurs. Job talks about creation. Job talks about the end of crea- the end of time. It is an incredible book to read, and I encourage you to do that. What I want to do today is use it in this series that we began a couple weeks ago on hearing the voice of God. And for sake of time, we took a little longer in the preliminaries than I had planned, but I want to go through this quickly. Uh, Next week, I'm going to get into some of the nuts and bolts because I am convinced in your notes here that God is speaking to people all the time. We're looking for an audible voice. We're looking for different things. But understand, God is speaking to us on a regular basis. What you and I have to do is to develop the ability to listen, to learn. Now, as I start this, it's in your notes. I want to start by giving a couple thoughts. A lot of people are always looking for an audible voice. I'm going to have a testimony here towards the end of this message that's going to talk about an audible voice. And many here have heard an audible voice. I've heard God's voice many times. And many of you in this building, this is not a unique thing. Well, you've got to be a pastor to hear the voice of God. No. God's voice can be as simple as a prompting or a nudge. And I want to shoot this in here real quick. Because God's voice will lead us at times into seemingly difficult situations. This is why we have to come to a place 
of knowing his voice, which will enable us to stick to what we've heard. Galatians chapter 6, 9 is a verse that I as a pastor use all the time and you as ministers use all the time, but also it's a verse that Christians can use all the time because we go through stuff. And the Bible says, be not weary in doing what is good, doing what is right. For in due season, that's the part we question, God, how long is due season? Don't know. In due season, you will reap if you don't give up. Sometimes his voice will lead us right into a difficult situation. But let me tell you, if it is the voice of God and it is his direction, his peace in short order will come and fill you with confidence and certainty, even if it's in the midst of tribulation, trials, and a storm. Philippians chapter 4 tells us that the God of peace that passes all understanding will keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. So quickly in your notes, God speaks to us regularly. We must learn how to listen. As I've said, I believe God speaks continually, and this verse is a recognizing. Uh, Elihu is a, a young man in the book of Job. Job is just coming out of a consternation time with his friends. They're telling him, Job is telling him, I've done nothing wrong. I'm a, I am great. I don't have any problems. Job is just basically building himself up because he's feeling pretty down right now. And his three friends are telling him all kinds of stuff. Well, this young man, Elihu, raises up and he begins to speak to Job about God's voice. And starting with the 13th verse, look what it says in 33rd chapter. Why do you complain to God? that he answers none of man's words. What Job is doing is he is moaning and groaning. He is, what is the fancy word we use today? Whining. Anybody ever done that besides me? Job is whining before God. And Elihu has to bring him back to his senses and said, listen to this, and I want you to listen to this passage, please, today. For God does speak. And look what it says. Now one way and now another. But in your notes, I think I highlighted it and underlined it, but if I didn't, please do, though man may not perceive it. God speaks all kinds of ways, though man may not perceive it. And then Elihu goes on and says, he speaks in dreams. He speaks in visions of the night when deep sleep falls upon men and slumber in their beds. Look what it says. He may speak audibly in their ears. Look at this. Or he may terrify them with warnings to turn them away from doing wrong. How many ever had that time happen in your life where you knew something bad was going to happen if you kept going down the track you were going? Okay. How many kept going? Don't raise your hand, please. (laughs) To keep you from pride. Pastor, what does that mean? Did you ever have... Vengeance in your heart? Do you ever have retaliation in your heart? Do you ever have that, I'm going to get them in your heart? Look what the word of God says. God said he'll talk to you to keep you away from that pride. Because that's all it is. That's all it is. Let's continue. In doing this, he preserves the soul from the pit. From hell. From his life perishing. And look at this, folks, 
I'm getting you some information here on how to hear the voice of God. Look at this. He may chasten a man on a bed of pain, constant distress in his bones. You ever had that kind of feeling inside? You just couldn't shake it? Kind of shaken to the bones? Anybody be honest? Anybody in this place? You kind of say, ah, what is, you know. The truth of the matter, it's never an issue of God not speaking. It's a matter of you and I learning to listen, knowing what we're listening for. I believe most Christians hear or want to hear God's voice. But do not know how to take a stand by faith. What am I saying? They won't take the time to listen and obey because this world is so fast-paced. Look at Job's statement. For God does speak. Now one way, now another. And this is what I want you to grab a hold of. Though man does not perceive it. It's clear that it's our reception that's the issue. And now this is where I, wanna, I, want, you to, I want you to hear this. Our reception many times more than not is based on our perception. Let me say this. It's in your notes. If we don't perceive something is God, then we will not receive it as God. If God chooses to speak in one way or another, that's what the scripture says. God speaks now one way, now another, though most people don't perceive it. If it's not the way that we have determined that God speaks, it just passes us right by. Am I making any sense? Well, you know, God, you know, I, I, I'm taken back to Second Kings with the, 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 uh, the, the uh, mighty man by the name of Naaman. The prophet Elijah comes down and tells Naaman to go drip in the, in the River Jordan, the dirtiest river of the area. And Naaman is, because Naaman's got leprosy, and he, he figured the man of God would tell him to do some kind of great thing. And he said, no, go dip seven times in the River Jordan the dirtiest river of the land. And Naaman in his pride said, oh, you know, he should have at least said go dip in the far, far river. No, it wasn't far, far away. It was called the far, far. Okay, anyway. He at least could have done that because that's the nicest river. It's a tributary of the, of the Nile. And he walked away arrogant and, and mad and, 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 and bothered. And his little servant came up to him and said, Master, if... The man of God would have told you some great thing, you would have done it. Hear this. If God would have shook the ground in speaking to you, you would have listened. What if he whispered? What if he just put something in your spirit? Oh, how do I know that's God? And so the man Naaman went, dipped in the River Jordan seven times. Guess what? Clean. Leprosy gone. See, if we do not perceive, 
it is God, then we won't receive that it's God. We must stop convincing ourselves of the way God can or cannot speak. And accept that any and all things we hear, and I want you, if you write in your notes, I want you to add these two words to it, feel or sense, hear, feel, or sense, may very well be the voice of God. But how do I know? How do I really, really know? i got three simple steps, okay? What we're doing is last the last set, I build a foundation. Today, I'm adding to that foundation. Next week, we're going to get into a lot of the particulars of how God speaks as we wrap up this series. Three simple ways to hear the voice of God. First and foremost, you have to acknowledge that God does speak. There's too many people, the, the agnostics and the Gnostics, let alone the atheist. The Gnostics and the agnostics think, well, you know, I'm sure God does, but, you know, there's no, nothing we can do about it. I can't hear it. There's a lot of people in the church. God doesn't speak anymore. The problem is, is my Bible says he still does. So I think if my Bible says he still does, what I'm not going to listen to is what people say he doesn't do. We have to get to that place, number one, to acknowledge that God is still speaking. And number two is that you and I can still hear his voice. And number three, I've already said it, but I want to say it again. Stop convincing ourselves of the way that God can or cannot speak and accept that anything we hear, sense, or feel could possibly be the voice of God. Does that make sense today? Okay? This is the very first thing. If you want to hear from God, if you want to hear the voice of God, if you want to know what God is saying, you got to first believe He's speaking. We often doubt that we're hearing the voice of God because we convince ourselves it couldn't be God. God doesn't work that way. Are you okay today? Until we learn and recognize the ways that God speaks, it will be hard for us to know it's God. Number two, quickly, it is easy. Say that word with me. It is easy. Let's say it again. It is easy to hear God speak. It is. We're the ones that have mysticized it. We're the ones that have frustrated it. We're the ones that have taken and categorized what God can and can't do. It really is easy to hear God speak. Pastor, how often does God speak to you? If I told you, you'd probably get mad. I couldn't. Mad. My wife says I shouldn't do that all the time. But I get Actually, it's the only way I can clear my throat and you guys think it's part of the sermon. <clears throat> I would say God speaks to me on a daily basis. Do you know why? Because I'm always seeking him. Ladies and gentlemen, I can't do a single thing that will benefit your life if I can't find God. Nothing. I can't know about Bob's life. I can't know about Adam's life. I can't know about Paul's life. I can't know about Bill's life. 
unless I'm continually asking God. Do you know why? He knows everything about you. Well, pastor, he didn't tell you that part. He probably did. I reminded of a little girl that was talking to her mom one day about about, uh, God knowing her at every place. See, the little girl was told by her mommy, God sees you everywhere, so you better be careful what you're doing. You know, trying to put that motherly fear in her. And the little girl got this, this face of terror. She said, Mommy, does God see me in the bathroom? Yeah, in the bathroom too. Okay? God always, as He speaks to me every day, He wants to speak to you. And most of you, he does. You say, Pastor, why do you say most of you? Because some of us are just so given to our busy life that we don't even care whether God's talking or not. That's not a, that's not a slap. That's not an assault against somebody. It's just the reality of this busy world we are set up in. So let me say it. It's easy to hear God speak. Now, I don't know about you. I, I put it in your notes in this section I would love God to speak to me like he did to Daniel. Actually, it's in Nebuchadnezzar and Daniel interpreted it. In Daniel 5, the Bible says, suddenly they were drinking from these cups. Now the cups, Nebuchadnezzar uh, and the, the uh, 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 oh, the other dude, I'll call him George. George, they ripped off the temple. And they stole all of God's cups, all of God's holy utensils. And they were having a party. And these these people were defiling the vessels of God, drinking out of them in this ungodly party. And all of a sudden, out of the wall came a finger. The finger of God manifest and started writing on the wall. How many would like God just to tell you that that way? God just to talk to you that way. God, write it. I would love to drive down the road and all of a sudden have a billboard that God just wrote and said, Masters, this is what you need to do. I could drive down the road, simply read the message clearly. Good, I got it for the day. But God doesn't do that. You notice I didn't say God can't do that. God can do anything he wants to do, folks. And we have to get that through our head. God can speak any way he wants to. He used a rooster. He used a donkey. I love what the King James calls them. How many know what the King James calls a donkey? No, we're not going to say it out loud. Say, Pastor, why would you bring that up? I, I can't say it, so we will move on quickly. God spoke. <laughs> Jim Cody, come out here and help me, my friend. Get this thing out of me. <laughs> God spoke blatantly in those days. You say, well, Pastor, what happened? Nothing. God still speaks blatantly today. It is just that you and I have become so distracted that we cannot see, let alone hear. 
I'd still love to see that mapped out thing, but I don't think that's going to happen. This is where faith comes in. Faith is not as demonstrative as the writing on the wall. It's much more subtler. Hearing from God is something we learn to do. In Exodus chapter 3, we find Moses. Moses is walking out in the wilderness. He has taken care of his father-in-law's sheep. He has become very wealthy. He's becoming very well-to-do. And all of a sudden, he goes by this bush that is burning. The implication of the writing, as you read in Exodus chapter 3, the implication is that he has walked by this bush before, but he has not paid attention to it. There's the key word, paid attention, or the key phrase. He's walking by this bush, minding his own business, caught up in the affairs of the moment. And the bush was burning. And look what happens. He did something, and we see it in the third verse. He stopped to consider the sight. Listen to what he did. He stopped to consider the sight. What did Moses do that you and I can learn from today? Stop and consider. Look at To hear if God is speaking, we must learn to stop and listen. Consider what you just heard, felt, sensed, perceived might have been God. And you will find more times than not, it is. Do you know why? This is how God wants to direct our lives. The 37th Psalm says the footsteps of a good man are ordered of God. We talked about it in our last part of this series. They're ordered of God. But you've got to start stepping before he can start maneuvering. You've got to start determining, considering, perceiving before you can start receiving what God is doing. Am I making any sense today? He stopped to listen. So quickly as I begin to wrap this up, what are some obvious ways that God speaks to us? What I want to do starting today and next week is I want to use this portion of the series to look at the right in front of our nose ways that God speaks to us and that most of us miss. Number one, or letter A, the Word, His Scriptures. You want God to speak to you? Read your Bible. Well, how do I know where to read? He will direct you. Whoa, 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 wait, wait. Do I just open it up and kind of go, no, not at all. You just open. And you know what will happen when you're in God's word? God will start nudging you to go to a different place, to read a different thing, to read a different verse. How many of you had that happen? You want to you wanna start hearing from God? As I've shared last week, and I think I forgot to tell you, Bob, to put this up. I don't know if you have it up there. If, it, if it's God's will, it will never contradict God's word. Anything, listen to this, anything, say that with me, anything that you hear that contradicts God's word, guess what? It's not God. Well, it might be a new revelation. Ain't no new revelations, folks. Solomon said it very well. He said, what has been, will be, and what will be has already been before. 
nothing new under the sun. Are you okay with that? I, I'm always amazed when I listen to these these highfalutin preachers, and I, and folks, I'm not saying that they're, I'm not saying anything. But when they tell, start telling me they got a new revelation, and that new revelation is contrary to the old revelation that's in God's word, how many think somebody's wrong and it ain't God? Are you okay with that? And there's a lot of that kind of stuff out there. That's why you've got to know God's word. You want to hear the voice of God? Isaiah 55 verse 11 says, My word will go forth and accomplish that which pleases me. It will not return void. That's God's word. Second Timothy says all scripture is inspired by God and is useful. Look at this, underline these words. To teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong with us. It corrects us when we're wrong. It teaches us what is right. And God uses it to prepare and equip us for all that we need to do in this life. To hear from God, we need to know something about God. Can I tell you something, folks? I've, I've read God's word so much. You say, Pastor, have you read it enough? Not at all. Not at all. But I, I've got a good handle just in my finite ability to know what God wants through his word in my life. Why? Because I go into God's word and I understand, many, not everything, but I understand much of what he does, why he does it. All this information is in scripture. It gives great detail not just of God's ways, but of God's actions and his reactions. What we can expect of him and what he expects of us. Let me, let me, let me, let me give an example. Let me bring it to, to where you and I live. My wife and I, we're, we're going to be married 11 years here in a few months. Amen. Oh, yeah. I know her. And can I tell you a little thing? She has bad days once in a while. I know you find it hard to believe, but she does. But you know what? I know her so well that I know that's a bad day. I know she's going through something. I may not know what it is, and I might be like most guys, you know, kind of got that gift of stupid going on me, and can't quite figure it out. You women missed a great place to shout amen right there. You know, you just wish you wish your husband, God, talk to him so he knows what I'm feeling. I remember this man, this man came to God and, and said, God, you promised that you would take care of me. I want you, I, I need something really bad. Two things in my life. And God says, the man says, God says, okay, son, what do you need? He says, God, I need a million dollars. I really need to get this stuff in my life fixed. And God says, son, you know, I, I can't give you a million dollars. What's the other thing? He said, I need to understand my wife. And then God said, what size denominational bills do you want that million dollars in?
My humor does get better, folks. <laughs> no, that wasn't part of the sermon. That wasn't in my notes. So, yeah, scratch that from the tape. You got to know. I, I know my wife. There's some of you in this place. You've come to church, and you've had an RBA. It's an RBA. A real bad attitude. And I know when Pastor Ray shows up like that. That's not his normal MO. He's not always like that. And so I just go lock him in a closet until he gets right. And then I come get him. No. I know that people have bad days. You know how I know that? Because I know them. And so I, I sit there and I look at the things that I'm dealing with in life and I ask myself whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether it's right, whether it's wrong, God, where are you in the midst of this? Because that's what I want to know. I want to know what God is doing, where he's at. Can I tell you something? God knows us. We need to know him. We know others. We need to know God the same way. And we can do that. The second thing in your notes is God speaks to us through other people. I mean, he used a rooster. He used a donkey. Don't get built up that he can use you. But he does. He uses me. The Bible says he uses pastors and prophets and teachers and evangelists and apostles and everyday people. Will we listen? Well, that, that can't be God because it didn't come the way that I think it should. Why? Why can't it be God? Many times God will use other people to try to get through to you and to me. In our text, Elihu was a friend of Job's. He was a young man, much younger than Job, much younger than Job's other friends, but yet God used him because of the relationship Job had with him. Look at Hebrews chapter 12. Do not forget to show hospitality, hospitality, hospitality to friends or to strangers. For in doing so, look what it says. Some have entertained or shown hospitality to angels and yet didn't even know it. The third way that God speaks is through everyday situation and circumstance. I have heard God's voice so many times and the results and or consequences of my life that have, thought, have brought me through just to get me to something. Something the Lord has taught me, and it's on the screen because I want you to see this. Something that the Lord has taught me is that he will open and even take me to a door, but he will never take me through a door. That's where faith comes in. God, we, God opened a door. God said, I got all kinds of doors open. When are you going to walk through them? People lose their job. People lose in different circumstances and situations. And somebody said a long time ago, when one door closes, another opens. I believe that. 
I believe it could very well have been God that closed the door on that job you had to open a door for a better job. You say, well, Pastor, why did God do it that way? Because he couldn't do it the other ways he was trying to. Because we didn't think that's how God works. Yes. You could lose a job because God's trying to get you into a different job. If I went through here and and took a survey, I can guarantee there's many people that said it looked bad, but it turned out good. Hebrews 11 says it's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone that comes to God must first believe that he is. We got to first believe God's still talking. And we got to first or second believe that God can speak however he wants to. And thirdly, stop trying to figure it out. Just say, God, this could be you. You see, that's where faith comes in. When I'm in the middle of something, I ask, God, is this you? The fourth thing that I want to say that God speaks is something that's called the still, small voice. Now, people are all mystified by that still, small voice. In all of my studies, I've understood that it actually, yes, could be an actual voice. But I'll get to that in just a second. The still small voice generally is a prompting, a nudging. What we call it in today's world is an intuition, an intuitiveness that says, I can see that where I'm going is correct. So, Pastor, how do I know that I know? Because you know God. You learn that relationship with God. Am I making any sense today? I've had people tell me, I just had a piece about it. You see, whenever we contemplate something and we don't have peace in it, it's a good idea to stop, wait, listen, and carefully consider, God, are you in this? Just because it looks good does not mean it's God. And just because it looks bad doesn't mean it's not God. This is usually where we learn the greatest ability to hear God's voice. It's because we just stop and listen. I I remember Paul as he was going to go into Macedonia. He came to and a prophet Agabus came and the Bible says that Agabus took the girdle that Paul was holding and wrapped himself in it and bound himself in it. And he said, the man that owns this girdle, this girdle will be bound and imprisoned and beaten and all of these things. And Paul was saying, I'm not ready just to be bound. I'm ready to die for the kingdom. It goes back to what we talked about before, that sacrifice. God, I surrender it all to you. It looked like Paul was going into a bad situation, but God used it for good because multitudes were saved. Lastly, and definitely not least, is the actual voice of God. Just like last week as I was, or the last part of our series as I was speaking, it may be the sound of your own voice that God is using to clearly speak. You and I may hear in our spirit what sounds like an audible voice. Many have what I call an all-of-the-sudden moment. I'm going to have my wife come, and she's going to share 
some things that she has heard God's audible voice. Uh huh. Hello, everyone. Um, my husband asked me to share a couple of instances that have happened to me in my life because they were just amazing. And so um, I want to start out saying I feel really powerful right now because usually I'm sitting down there and you're talking about me. And after five years, I'm going to share a story about him. So for many, many years, about a dozen years ago, I was single mom. I had a career. I made good money. I was raising two kids. I worked lots of hours. I was attending a very large church down in Gilbert, and they had about 6,000 members. I was going to that church four days a week. I was so into the Word of God. I was taking a three-year Bible college, studying the Word, and I just really didn't feel like I had a need to have a man in my life because I had been so disappointed with my previous marriage. Um, Then in my heart, I started feeling like I wanted companionship. I just wanted somebody to go to the movies with once in a while or to go to dinner because all I was doing was working, raising kids, going to church, and I just felt like, is this it, God? And I poured my heart out to God because I didn't trust myself to pick the right man. And so I prayed many, many times, God, you're going to have to drop this man on my lap because I stink at picking out the right men. So lo and behold, I started Christian Internet dating, and I went out with a couple gentlemen, and I was very disappointed. Then there was this man in Prescott who kept bugging me to go out, and I kept just blowing him off because he was all the way up the mountain in Prescott. And uh, he was a landscaper, and he looked like a cowboy. So I was just not interested at all. Out of nowhere, my son, who had gone to Y Camp up in Prescott years before he had been, he had an awful experience. And he came up to me and he said, Mom, I want to go to Y Camp. And this was me like four or five times I turned him down for a date because he was in Prescott. And I didn't want him to drive all the way down. Well, my son comes up to me and says he wants to go to Y Camp in Prescott. So that was the first God moment. I thought, well, that's really strange. He didn't like Y Camp. Okay. So I took my son to Y Camp, and it was on Father's Day that I had to check him in. So I went ahead and I wrote to this gentleman on the – never have heard his voice – I wrote to him, and I said, okay, I have to go up there, drop my son off at camp. I'm going to be dirty, dusty. I'll give you 30 minutes for a cup of coffee because in 30 minutes I can usually see a red flag. And all he sent me was his phone number and said, call me when you're ready. Do I look like a 30-minute guy? (laughs) (laughs) I was being very cautious. So I drove my son up to camp, and I drug him around to the cabins, and I got him all checked in, and I was dusty. And as I'm pulling out of Y Camp in Prescott, I pick up my, his phone number and my phone, and I called him. And that was the first time I heard his voice. And he told me to meet him at the mall up there in Prescott. They had a uh, Starbucks inside of the Whatever. Barnes & Noble bookstore. <clears throat> so I went ahead and I met him for coffee. And then it ended up being quite nice. The 30 minutes ended up turning into hours. We went to dinner. We got coffee. We sat on a little park bench outside the mall. He shared his heart. I shared mine. We wept together. We laughed together. It was mind-blowing. Um, I ended up leaving that night about 1030. I kept telling him, i got to get down the mountain before it's dark. So he walked me to my car, and he handed me a Jim Croce CD, and he said, this is till the next time I see you. And I'm getting in the car. I think, whatever. What a line. And as I was driving out of Prescott, he was right behind me. He was driving a little Ford Ranger pickup. And as the light on what Glassford Hills Road 
changed, this just totally knocked my socks off. I was right in the middle of the intersection. I was going straight to Phoenix. I saw his headlights turn left to go out to his brother's property. And I heard audibly a male voice in my car said, he is the one. I looked in the back seat. I'm looking all around me. I'm trying to figure out who is in my car with me. And it came back again, a male voice. He is the one. And so I said, God, is that you? And I talked to him all the way down the hill. So needless to say, I listened. And I never told him about that until the day he asked me to get married. And he was shaking, and he was trying to propose, and he was dropping the ring. And I said, relax. I go, God told me on our first date that you're the one. So there was that. That's the first time I heard God audibly. And I think it was right. Second time. So now we're talking years later. Now my husband and I have started this church in 2010. And as you may or may not know, I worked in information technology for over 30 years. I had great salary, no reason to quit my job. My boss loved me. Um, I worked up here in our Flagstaff home at the same time that we started this church. I was burning the candle at both ends, trying to do administrative stuff for the church and be involved in the church and still work for Charles Schwab Data Center. I built web servers. So I not only had to work during the day, but I had to work at night to do maintenance. So um, a couple years ago, we took our worship team and we went down to Church for the Nations and Israel was there, and Darlene was there, and it was a wonderful night. We were just so into the worship. And I remember my husband went down on his knees, and Ari went over, and she was praying with him. And all of a sudden, I saw a scripture up on the screen, and I swear everybody was singing it. And it was John 3.30 that in order for him to increase, I must decrease. And then I heard him in my spirit tell me that it was time to quit my job. That blew my mind. Um, after that concert that night, we were all driving back up the hill, and I remember asking different people, did you see that? Did you see that? We were singing that scripture, and they're like, that didn't happen. And then my husband told me, honey, God gave you a vision. And so that really freaked me out. That was a Thursday night. And as we came back up the mountain, I said, okay, God, I know, and this is something you've got to get. When you hear them, be obedient. I didn't care. I walked away from my job. The next day, I sat down on a video conference with my boss in Austin, Texas, and I explained everything that had happened. And I said, Jim, and he's a believer, I said, the Lord told me to quit my job last night so that I can devote myself full-time to the ministry. And he turned flush. And I don't know if he believed me. And I was shaking as I told him this. He said, how, long, how much notice do you want to give us? And I said, how about a week and a half? Because I'm type A, and that's the end of the payroll period. <laughs> and he said, you can give me two months. You can give me a week. I was like his favorite employee. I worked for him alone in that company for 10 years. He loved me. And I said, Jim, I really got to do this. So I gave my notice, and the confirmation for me came one week later, and it was astonishing. What happened was... Because I was still nervous. I'm like, God, did I really hear you? Who wouldn't be asking that like a week later, right? I'm walking away from a huge job. I was two months shy of 20 years with that company. And so I kept praying, God, show me, you know, that I'm not crazy. One week later to the day, that next Friday, he went and had coffee 
with a gentleman that he's known up here for years who is not a believer. And I was at home vacuuming, and when I vacuum, I pray and worship. And all of a sudden, God allowed me to hear heaven celebrate because he led that man to the Lord at the coffee shop. And I just dropped my vacuum, and I went, woohoo! and my dogs came running, and it was just the most amazing experience. Um, I stopped cleaning. I put on worship music, and I just praised God for about 40 minutes. And then my husband walked in the door, and he looked at me, and he goes, honey, you're not going to believe what happened. And I go, yes. I go, at 10 after 10 this morning, you led Eric to the Lord, and God let me hear it. So be obedient. God is still speaking. If the worship team would come, what we have to do, folks, is stop and pay attention. It's very likely that God's wanting you to hear something. And as is on the screen, the most definite key to all that we have spoken about this morning is it's time for us to shut up and listen. Stop trying to figure this thing out. You see, I don't know all the times that God has spoke to me. And I'm not convinced that every time God has spoken, I have obeyed. But in my years of experiencing the voice, the hand, and the heart of God, I have come to learn what is and what is not God. And you can come to that place too. But it all starts with the place of obedience. A place, a place of decision that I'm going to surrender that I could hear what God is saying. Amen? I wonder if we could bow our heads for just a moment this morning. Let me talk to you as heads are bowed and eyes are closed. First and foremost, God speaks to sinners. God speaks to people who don't know Him as Lord and Savior. There's many people that get saved because God has spoken to them. God has been nudging them. God has been prodding them. And maybe you're here today. Let me just start by saying it's not by accident. You didn't come today just because you thought, well, this would be a good day to go to church. You came today because God drew you. God led you. And maybe today your heart's not right with God. I don't know. I don't know where you're at. But today, just like that man that I led to the Lord in that coffee shop that day, maybe today is your day. Your day to say, Lord, I've heard you, but I've been running from you. And I need to come back to you. Maybe you've never known him, but today is that day. I wonder with heads bowed and eyes closed, just quickly before I change the order of this service, is that you? You say, I want to come home. I want to give my life to Christ today. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand up high and put it right back down all over this building. Be honest with God. Be honest with yourself. Maybe today you walked with him, but you now are walking a distance. And you say, it's time to come back home. If that's you, quickly, would you lift your hand up high? Put it right back down. Yes, I see that hand. 
others, would you be honest with God? Be honest with yourself. And say, I need to come back to Christ. If that's you, if you haven't raised your hand yet, but God's dealing with your heart, lift it up quickly, put it right back down. Okay, let me talk to the rest of you that are here. You're believers, you're Christians, and you're having a hard time hearing from God. The main reason that we have a difficult time hearing from God is not a head reason, it's a heart reason. We haven't stopped long enough to let God talk. You say, Pastor, I thought God's talking all the time. That's right. But until you stop, He can't get that message through. He can't get you to hear Him. Busyness. All the different things in this world is is keeping you. It's time to surrender. It's time to say, God, I need you to guide my life, to lead my life. However you want to do it, I need you. If that's you, I just quickly want to open these altars before we start singing this song. And I just want you to come down and just pray a simple prayer and say, Lord, no more. Today, from today forward, everything I have, I'm doing for you. I'm committing to you. I'm dedicating to you. If that's you, get out of your chair quickly. Come find a place at this altar. We'll have people to meet and pray with you. You say, well, Pastor, you know, it's kind of kind of intimidating, kind of embarrassing. Folks, I'm talking about surrender. And the reality is in our lives, unless we choose to surrender, we will never obtain all that God has. If you raised your hand for salvation, if you raised your hand for rededication, I ask you if you would come, find a place at this altar. Somebody will come and pray with you. Somebody will come and pray with you. Would you come? time again but it wasn't until he stopped to listen stopped the distractions all the different things that he was so focused on that he could actually hear God's voice isn't it time to stop listen God speaking just for a moment longer if that's you I open these altars. I ask you to come. Come join people that are praying. People that are dedicating their hearts, getting their hearts right, but people that just want to hear God's voice.
very specifically because the world has so many distractions this is part of the end times this is part of what the enemy means to bring confusion in this world the Bible says in 1 Corinthians where there's confusion there's every evil work and that's what the enemy means is to keep us confused so that we can't hear that we can't see that we won't do what God has set before us. So I'm going to pray over everyone in here. And my prayer is just going to be simple. God, remove the blinders. Remove the blinders. Father, every man, woman, and child in this place, they want to hear your voice. God, they want to see your face. They want to know your will. God, when we talk about seeing your face, It's an understanding of your character. God, we know your hand. We've seen your power. But God, we want to see your face. We want to know you. Like David did, like Moses did, like Abraham did, like so many men and women of God of old and even today. God, take the blinders off. Take the distractions. Help us. The next time we hear your voice, we sense your presence. We feel your moving. God, that we stop, listen, consider, and pay attention to what's happening. God, that in this we might grow. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, amen. Next week, I'm going to take you from what we did today into some more nuts and bolts that when you leave after next week's message, you should be able to know clearly when God is moving, God is speaking. Amen. How many learned something today? Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10 at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. 
I'm Joe Harding. For Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Centers, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win.